What's up, Atlanta sports fans? My name is Graham Waldrop, and alongside me, as always, is Adam Kalal, and we are Atlanta's own. Two Atlanta natives recapping the week that was in Atlanta professional sports, wacky-ass hijinks, and analysis. Adam, how's it going, sir? Going great, Graham. Going great. No complaints over here. Steezing um, through another work week. Here we are again on the in the Atlanta's own studio. Gotta love it. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Gotta love it. I got nothing witty to say this week. Uh, That's fair. What do you got going on? It was a long day at the office. Yeah. And thank God it's only a four-day work week. That's all I have to say. You know, they say you're supposed to keep your home life out of your work life and vice versa. What for me to do? I think is some valuable logic, tool, lesson. Advice? Advice. Yeah, that's the word you want to look. <laughs> Counsel, if you will. Counsel uh, for you currently. So uh, you can't be bringing that steam into your podcast, Graham. Unless something provokes me. Yes, and yeah. I, Which, feel, I feel yeah. like I might tread a little carefully because you're generally pretty easily provocable anyways. No, I'll just bring up the Anderson Simmons trade as we remembered last week. I will not. No. I will not do that. <laughs> um, but yeah, should we uh, go ahead and jump into this bad well, yeah, let's this dive week? into it. Um, so yeah, some, some Falcons news, and we'll start with the Falcons. Uh, Thomas Dimitrov is at the NFL Combine, where all the general managers and a lot of NFL personnel are this week. Yeah, I should uh, hope he's there. Yeah, I should hope he's there too, unless he's uh, been let go, but he has not. Uh, yeah, so, <laughs> so Thomas is out there. Uh, the Combine is this weekend, I believe, and uh, Thomas did an interview and pretty much laid out a lot of, um, confirmed a lot of things that we've been hypothesizing about some of which included wanting to get a, an extension done with Grady Jarrett, which was, like, great. Also an extension with Jake Matthews, meh. Going to move on from Dontari Poe and Taylor Gabriel, it appears. And uh, so that was just a little bit of the news that came out. And he wants to sign Vic Beasley to his fifth-year option, he wants to pick up that option. So that is uh, TD's MO as we head into Combine weekend. It's interesting how open – both Dan Quinn and uh, Dimitrov are here talking about the players and what their plans are. Uh, I mean, you would think that they'd kind of keep their cards a little closer to them as far as, I mean, I guess unless they just have zero plans of negotiating with Gabriel and Poe. But I appreciate the honesty. Yeah, me from too. From a fan's point. Right. I mean, there's no, no reason to, to endlessly speculate about this stuff. And Taylor Gabriel even was on Twitter today saying, you know, thank you to the Atlanta fans. I'm going to go find a different team, but I appreciate you. I would put, uh, I don't want to bet with you. I'll do a $5 bet with you, Graham. Very fair. But I get odds. Okay. Uh, give me just two to one odds. Okay. That he ends up signing with the 49ers. Mm. So you have the field. I have one team. So you get 10 bucks if you win? Yes. You get 5 bucks. I just think that's like a done deal. Like, I feel like that's... We don't know that. We don't, but I just this feel... This is just all of our Everyone. Everyone thinks that's what's going to happen. Everyone um, thought Hillary was going to win. Fair. All right, I'll take you off on that bet. Handshake over the uh, over an audible uh, show, so <laughs> no one no one saw it, but it happened. There you go, Graham. Um, but yeah, Gabriel's. I mean, he would have been. He's not worth the money to us, especially since we have so much money tied up in Devontae Freeman now. Right. Along with the money due to Grady Jarrett and Matt Ryan and Deion Jones, and the list goes on and on and yeah, on. Yeah, but so. I, th- I think from a personnel standpoint, I am uh, I'm happy with, with what Thomas is saying for the most part. 
Grady Jarrett extension got me really happy. I think this man can be a dominant defensive tackle, top five defensive tackle in the league for like 10 more years. I mean, the man is an absolute monster. I think he was either tied or second in the league this year in tackles for loss is exactly what yeah. you're looking for from your main defensive tackle. Yeah, I mean, he's, he's one of the elite guys who not only – I mean, he, he can definitely take up space, obviously, but then he has the pass rushing capability and getting to the backfield versus a guy like Poe who – it clogs up a ton of space, but we didn't see him getting after the quarterback much this year. No, but I mean, I think especially in the second half of the year, he really proved um, in his one year audition. You know, really starting like late October, November, he he really picked it up, uh, turned it up a notch, and was really valuable. I think and helping us become a defense that um, was one of the top ten units in the league overall. So I think his loss is certainly going to be felt, and it'll be interesting to see if Thomas wants to go into the draft or fill that hole in free agency. I think they do both because mm. we have zero zero depth there right now besides Grady. And uh, there's some decent options on the free agent market, some of which will cost you a little bit more and uh, some high potential players. And I think it's a pretty deep draft class for D-tackles as well. I think um, yeah, that's fair. And I, I wonder, too, with saying we want to extend Jake Matthews, the, the issue I have with that is, is the going rate for you know someone in his position – who's a legitimate star in the league, is like $11 million a year. And I don't know if I really want to pay him $11 million a year um, considering his output and how he has not played up to the expectations to this point in his career. I still don't fully understand why. where do you get that statement from that he hasn't played up to his, lived up just, to his expectations. He gives up too many sacks, and those fucking holding penalties in the Super Bowl will just haunt me forever. I know that's just one game, but I, I just don't think he's been that elite pass-blocking tackle that you're looking for. Um, you know, he just seems, like, solid, but for drafting him fourth overall to give up as many pressures and sacks as he's given up over the years um, seems incongruent with paying him $11 million plus a year. You'd be crazy to not bring him back. Uh, no, unless you had a legitimate plan in terms of what you're doing. Which you don't, and any team in the NFL would jump on the opportunity if Jake Matthews was out there. I don't know if they jump wrong? at it, but I mean, he's certainly he, he's certainly not like a James Stone or something like that, where he's just a shit offensive lineman. Um, you know, he doesn't belong in the league. It's just when we were talking about a multi-year extension for that guy. I don't know. Doesn't do much for me. Doesn't get the meter moving. Um, I hear you, but he's a solid player. He hasn't certainly mi- hasn't missed a game in his four years in the league. Mm-hmm. Uh, dependable as all get out, and at the end of the day, you don't hear his name much throughout the broadcast, which is a good thing. Sure. Um, one position I hope that we target is um, Panthers guard Andrew Norwell. I don't know if you're familiar with this guy. Absolutely not. Okay. Uh, before we get into this, give us your background in, on how you know about a guard for the Panthers. Uh Falcoholic wrote a couple of articles on him. I know that a lot of pro football-focused guys are really big on him, saying he's one of the premier guards in the league, you know, top ten guy. Was he just released or something? No, he's a free agent this year. We don't have money to go get the top guard on the market. Probably not, but... Um, when we need a D-tackle as well? That's the problem, right, is what do you spend your money on? And, and especially with the Matt Ryan extension coming up and Thomas... Wanting to sign Matt to an extension in the offseason this year um, certainly limits you. But I would – it would be kind of like the equivalent of almost like the Alex Mack signing 
where you're getting a premier player at a premier position. You're overpaying, but yeah. it's a position of need. I don't want to have another season of, of fucking Wes Schweitzer out there. No, just someone you can plug in and know they're going to be there for the next five years. You're not going to hear their name just because they, do, they don't allow sacks. Right. That's what Alex... Well, I don't know why we all know Alex Mack so well, but we shouldn't know... Like, I don't, I don't want to see my offensive linemen ever. Right. They're just guys that are there that do the hard, one of the hardest jobs in the league. They're in the trenches. But it's kind of like... They're on the front lines. I'll, I'll use uh, an analogy to, to editing and film. Like when you're watching a really well-edited picture, you're not thinking about the cuts. You're just... It, it's seamless. It's one of those things where it's like you're not noticing the edits because the film is so good and it's so well-edited. That is the job of an offensive lineman. It's very similar. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Andrew Norwell. Um, they might franchise him, but you know, you know, I think he's an all-pro guy. He's been hyped up. He's going to command a hell of a salary, but I mean, if you can get that guy and then you know take him from a rival, that'd be pretty sweet. Yeah, I don't see it happening. Those I guys. don't see it happening either. But one can dream. Um, Saw so Ishmael's gone too. Yeah, Ishmael's gone. Uh, you know, he he's been a solid player. I know he's from. I believe he's from the Smitty era, and. You know, he's always just been a good special teamer, a good depth guy, so I'd be ashamed to lose him, but, you know, not something you're going to lose sleep over. I do have a hypothetical for you that I could, if this happens, then maybe we could go get your, what, Jarius Norwood? I don't want to say Jarius Norwood. What was that guy's name, the guard? Jarius Norwood's not even in the league anymore. Um, I was joking. Oh, Andrew Norwell. No, Norwell. (laughs) Uh, Let's try to find a team to trade Devontae to. Ooh. Get rid of that contract. You know, I've been thinking about... Okay, go ahead. Continue. Get rid of that contract. Let Tevin take it. Mm. Draft. Nick Chubb or something. Yeah, because Nick Chubb's not going to be... He's probably going to be in the third round. Yeah, he's not going to be... He's not a first or second rounder. We could get a guy like Nick Chubb, uh, figure out what we want to do with Tevin <laughs> down the road. Yeah. And, I mean, we could we could, we could could go to battle this year with... I mean, we'll still have Ward as well, who's proved him, proven to be dependable. But sure. I mean, one year in to Devontae's contract, and I'm concerned. Yeah, I mean, it's the concussions, the concussions, the lack of output in some games. He's just like, well, if you're paying a guy, paying a guy money like that, he needs to be there every 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 damn game. I will attribute this uh, last year. Okay, the concussions I agree on, but I'll also attribute this a lot on Steve Sarkeesian. Once again, not being able to know how to use these running backs when both of them are healthy. Getting 10, both of them getting 10 carries a game, even, even touches and rushing. Maybe and so. none of them can get Maybe in so. the fucking. No, 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 everyone's heard you ran on None of them can Sarkeesian. get in the fucking momentum. So I don't blame Devontae as much as I blame Sarkeesian for that. But I do agree with you in the sense that concussions scare me more than anything because Devontae is as talented as they come. He's a premier running back in this league, but he's not being utilized correctly. And neither is Tevin Coleman under the incompetent guidance of Steve Sarkeesian. He's also no Le'Veon Bell. No, he's no Le'Veon Bell. Le'Veon is a freak of nature. Devontae is making more money then. Also, the Steelers don't have another running back that can start anywhere in the league. Yeah. But I don't think he's a Le'Veon Bell either. But I think that it is interesting. And Thomas Dimitrov came out, I don't know if it was last week or the week before that, saying we're not trading Tevin Coleman. That's not happening. And I think the reason for that is because is he's Because we're going to awesome. trade Devontae Freeman. I don't think that's going to happen, but I think he is concerned that if Devontae gets you know, more concussions, yeah. Devontae Freeman's career could come to an end this season. Yeah. I mean, he's almost on Luke Keekley watch in the sense that if he gets another really bad concussion, who the fuck knows? 
he might he almost might be untradeable in that regard. Potentially. Big I mean, contract and it could be a ticking clock. We have no idea. Yeah. He needs to get one of those like big ass helmets. You seen those? Um no. <laughs> <laughs> you know you know you know like uh in baseball when a, a pitcher wears like the helmet hat? Oh yeah. Right. Like just that goofy looking thing. Mm-hmm. It looks like what you put in the dishwasher with your yes, head in? Yes. It looks like that. Yeah. <laughs> we need to get Devontae one of those to like wear under his helmet. Why not, man? The guy what, he had two or three concussions last year? Yeah. I think he had one in the preseason, two in the regular season. You would think that there'd be, like, some better technology out there. I know they were trying to I'm constantly sure it's in the works. improve that. Um, I heard something about, like, a um, kind of like an airbag-like device. And this is some Joe Rogan shit. Yeah. <laughs> Clearly. But, yeah, they, they, like, essentially some sort of helmet where it's, like, an airbag on the inside to, like, cushion every hit. Interesting. So, like, every time you take a hit, like, someone explodes in your face and I, protects you? I don't think it's that extreme, but it's just, like, a small cushioning, like, explosion. So, if Devontae needs six yards on a carry, gets the first three yards, gets hit, and tries to keep going, but he can't see anything as the airbags... No, it's like, not, like, like you know, it doesn't blind you. <laughs> it's just, like... It's, it's just a funny visual, It just expands. Yeah. A Interesting. Bit. Yeah. Okay. So, yeah. maybe if we could... If anyone out there... Um, has that technology readily mm-hmm. available? Maybe we could hook Devontae up. Maybe. But, I mean, I, I would I would agree with you in the sense that I think Tevin's fresher. I liked what I saw more from Tevin than I did from Devontae, especially in the postseason, even though Devontae was dealing with those torn uh, knee ligaments. It's going to be really interesting to watch what happens this year at the running back position. Well, I've always been, like, I prefer, from the running back position, a more Bill Belichick approach, where you, you plug these guys in, you don't pay them the crazy money. Yeah. Um, you have two or three guys that are capable, mm-hmm. and with a quarterback as elite, people are gonna gonna get a lot of shit for calling Matt Ryan elite. But as, with an elite quarterback like we have, Ooh, hot take, <laughs> <laughs> should be able to plug these running backs in, yeah, and just rotate them and draft draft fresh legs. No, that's fair. They don't last, man. Dude, I hope we pick up Nick Chubb this year. I mean, I, I hear a lot of people are thinking he's going to be in the third round. I love what I saw from him in Georgia over the last four yeah. years. Yeah. I heard a lot, speaking of UGA players, about, um, do you have any idea? They have some beastly guard. Yeah, Win, Win. He's good. He's, he's projected to be around where we're drafting in the first round, and I would not be opposed to spending a first-round pick. I think we got to go that way. I w- I'd be fine with that because, yeah. honestly, I know Thomas hates drafting offensive linemen because he sucks at it, and like 85% of the – Offensive linemen he's drafted are out of the league, but I would be and first round lineman. That's a different story though. He's drafted well, minus Sam Baker. Yeah, Sam Baker. That was he had short arms. Yeah, and he got hurt too much, and he only had one like really great season. I mean, you, you can't call Jake Matthews a bust. He's not a bust. Well, I think it's debatable in the sense that he's not a premier tackle. He's not a premier offensive lineman in this league. He's not a lead. He was drafted the fourth overall pick. He's not a bust, but he is certainly, as Thomas likes to say, under-executed. Because underperform, I, under-execute. I, I still just struggle with your assessment of these offensive linemen because I don't know what the hell you're basing it off of. You're just giving the eyeball test. Like, you have zero stats or facts to back these statements up. Just like, oh, like the Super Bowl and a couple other games. He's no. given up too many. You're speaking in vagaries, Graham. I, I need specifics for why. Fine, like, I'll look it up. No, no, not now. <laughs> come prepared. Come to the show prepared, Graham. You can't just throw out big brass statements. 
the, the league could look at him as a top 10 tackle. You don't know. Just come, come here next week with some facts to back I'll come up. here with some facts next week to, to point out how average Jake Matthews is. I'll do my research. I just know from bring, what I've Bring wa- the film here. I know what I've watched over the last four years has not been up to par with an elite offensive lineman in this league, and I don't think you'll find anyone who disagrees with me who knows what they're fucking talking about. I don't think you know what you're talking about, though. That's what I'm getting at. All right. Well, I'll, I'll go on Pro Football Focus. I'll do the homework. I'll do the homework assignment and prove to you that Jake Matthews is an average tackle okay. who doesn't deserve 11 If you do that, dollars. I will happily eat crow. Fair. I, I just want to make sure the users are getting all the info that they need right. and not just some vague bullshit. That- Especially Hugo, who still thinks Freddie Gonzalez is our manager. <laughs> yeah. that, that's why he's not more educated. Right, because we, we haven't informed him. Yeah. We haven't said Brian Snicker like 50 times on the show. Yeah, so... I could say when... I did not expect it to go there. I know, it's great. Um, um, I have one more thing for you. Uh, arguably the best show on Atlanta Sports Radio right now is Dukes and Bell on 99 The Game. Yep. Certainly top three. Yep. Um, I think they're the best right now. And uh, Mike Bell had a take saying, we need to... Not saying that he's... He always talks about this apparently saying, like, maybe we should move on from Julio. Maybe you trade Julio. Maybe we've gotten the most out of him. And he also cites how Matt Ryan and Julio just can't connect in the red zone. Yeah. And that he views the 1,444 yards as kind of empty calories in, in the sense that we're not getting the production in the red zone yeah. between the two and that he's not practicing enough. And he brings up a lot of good points. He acknowledges that Julio is a world-class talent, but I would, I'm not agreeing with him because I think Julio is, is a, you know, like Andrelton Simmons, once in a generation receiver. Um, you don't come across guys like that. However, I, uh, I brought this up before too. Um, before I heard this take from Mike Bell saying that, you know, I am I am disappointed with the lack of practice from Julio because he's always banged up. And I think that certainly contributes to he and Matt not being able to connect in the red zone. And um, so I kind of feel what he's saying, but I don't agree that you just, like, trade him because I think that's kind of, like, lunacy. But I, I respect him in the sense that he's saying it doesn't work when it absolutely has to work, getting touchdowns from your – your, your two best players that you pay the most. Yeah, no, I, I, I think you and I have had this discussion before on this podcast. Very fair. That we are currently hosting. Uh, I agree. Um, I think... You agree in, in trading him, or you agree in, like, we haven't gotten the most out of Julio that we should be getting? I would not be horribly upset if... Uh, two sides, now that I think it through. Me, personally, I would see the logic in trading Julio. You could get a good haul for him. If you got like three first round picks and like a third round pick or something, probably wouldn't get that much. Two first round picks. Yes, two first round picks, a second round pick. If, if one's like a top ten, yeah, yeah, I, I could get on board with that because I mean I've seen. Think of last year when we had just a beautiful system and Julio was out a few games last year. Well, by last year, I guess two years ago now with Shanahan, uh, the Super Bowl year. Yeah, yeah, and you could plug in receivers and it worked. Sure. If you have a good system, I mean, that, that's what the Patriots do. The only right. superstar wide receiver they've really had is Randy, Randy Moss. Moss. And they didn't win the Super Bowl. Yeah. I don't think there's been last, you know, I can't remember the last time a, a Super Bowl winner had some, like, quote-unquote <coughs> elite wide receiver on their team. You know what I mean? Like, 
Aaron Rodgers didn't have an elite wide receiver. Tom Brady didn't on any of his Super Bowls. I mean, if you want to say Deion Branch is elite, eh. You know what I mean? The Phillies don't have anyone elite. The Eagles don't have anyone. Um, Larry Fitzgerald's never won one. T.O. never won yeah, one. The Ravens, <clears throat> when they won, didn't have an elite wide receiver. Their best receiver was like Torrey yeah. Smith. I mean, and you, you just could see just that pressure, <clears throat> especially this year, was the first time that it really – like the media was always squawking about it, the pressure to get Julio the ball in the mm-hmm. end zone. But this year, you could actually see Matt just forcing the ball into the guy. Oh, totally. Especially Even if it's not there. Like, especially on that, uh, that first and goal – uh, against the Eagles in the NFC title, uh, sorry, NFC divisional round, um, you know where it's like this fade to Julio and it's just not there. Their connection is off. Three touchdowns for Julio this year. One of them was from Mohamed Sanu. But here says a lot. Yeah, here's the kicker though. Um, I feel like for the city of Atlanta, if the Falcons traded Julio, that'd be like the equivalent of us trading Mike Vick at this point. Like for. The fans for right. the people, right? For the 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 average, yeah. And then if it doesn't work out, yeah. And and Thomas has already said that he's not doing that, I believe. But I mean, the guy's been—he's what a nine-year vet now. No, he's only been here since 2011. So this will be his, I think, eighth season. That's miles, man. One thing I'm really concerned about is just the end. Like, how long can you play with this pain at this level? The man is hobbled, you know, at times, and it is concerning. I don't think you'd do it at this point, and I'm not sure where Julio's contract is at. But it's something to think about, and the fact that we're even considering it is kind of crazy. So bottom line, Graham and Adam of Atlanta's own somewhat endorse the possibility of trading both a Julio Jones and a Devontae Freeman. Yeah, not now. Maybe next year. Devontae more so than Julio. I would rather wait another year or two on Julio before we do that. I don't want to give him another big-ass contract. No, I don't want to give Julio another big-ass contract. I think he's too banged up at this point to do that. I think the the sun has begun to set on Julio Jones' career in Atlanta. To me, I could be totally wrong about that, but in the next, like, year or two, I am very concerned just because of all the injuries he's dealt with. No. Understandable. Uh, One last Falcons thing. Yeah. Some free agents out there with uh, Gabriel being gone. These are some names out there. Sure. So we're looking for, you could say Hardy can plug into our number three. I disagree. Currently. I think he's been a bum. He has had too many drops. Yes. Yeah. But he's talented. Sure. But he's had too many drops. Can't, I don't think he can become a Harry Douglas type of receiver, though. Like, Harry was always a dependable number three. So I, I, I like some of these names that are out there. Um, Terrell Pryor. Be interesting. He had a down year in Washington, but that could just be Washington. It could be Washington. That could be a very savvy move if he's reasonably priced. Wait, no. Will we have to trade for him, or is he a free agent? No, he's a free agent. He's a free agent. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. These are all free agents. All right. Him, uh, Jordan Matthews, who was solid, solid with Philly, and also I, I would be all over him. Yeah. But he wasn't with Philly this past year. He had a down year with some team. Can't remember what team, but he wasn't with Philly this past I know he year. dropped a lot of balls in Philly, but I, I think his talent. Talented guy. He's very talented. I'm concerned because we hired a defensive-minded coach as a fucking receivers coach because Dan Quinn doesn't know how to hire personnel. But, I mean, I'd be interested in that move. Yeah, I mean, I, I had him as a keeper on my fantasy team a couple of years ago, mm-hmm. so that, that's telling you a lot. That's telling you a lot. There's yeah. a lot of potential there. Your input is valued. Uh, this name I like a lot, Dante Moncrief. Dude yeah. From, dude from the Colts. The Colts, yeah. He's All, solid. And he's one of those guys. He has he's a, a perfect third receiver. He, he hasn't had good stats the last couple of years because of 
that nightmare of a quarterback situation they have with Andrew Luck. Last sure. last Andrew Luck healthy year, dude was a beast. Yeah. Moncrief is is certainly the most interesting name you've listed so far. And then uh, Marquise Lee as well. From the Jaguars? Yeah. Yeah, he's solid. He's out there as well. He's so solid. There's some good, like, we, that's what I want is, like, I don't want another rookie. I want a vet, like, for this third slot, mm-hmm. slot receiver. Let's just get a veteran that we know is going to catch the damn ball. Yeah. has I mean, a lot of those guys have potential to be more than just that as well. Right. And I know from, you know, Gabriel's standpoint, a, a lot of times that, you know, I, I heard an interview on him, once again, with Dukes and Bell, uh, saying that a lot of people were calling out, you know, screen or deep. Like, they knew what was coming, and he just wasn't utilized correctly. Um, so if we can get a third receiver in here who has a little more versatility than Gabriel, then I, you know, yeah, we that, absolutely need that, that. that. That was his – that's all he had was the screen or go deep. Right. It's not like you're going to hit him on a slant yeah, or – He'll get killed. Yeah, or in a curl. He wasn't that kind of receiver. Yeah. Um, so. So I like some of those names. Hopefully we'll make a move there. Yeah. And then also, I know this one's going to piss you off too. Uh, they're leaning towards not getting any sort of big name tight end. They they still like Hooper. Yeah, I don't know about Hooper, honestly. I mean, I'm not ready to give up on Hooper. No, because, the, the talent's there, man. Yeah, was, and I think there's a reason for that. So I'm not I'm not pissed off on that's good about that. I, hear I that. think a lot of people have suggested Tyler Eifert. I don't know um, if you guys know about him, but he was. Gets hurt every year. That's the problem, is that he was an excellent receiver, I think, in 2015, or a tight end in 2015 for the Bengals. He had, like, I don't know, double-digit touchdowns. Problem is, the last two years, he's had multiple surgeries, and he's only played 10 games. So, as much as he's enticing, I'm not in favor of going to sign him. We'd have to do a prove-it contract like Poe, and it probably wouldn't be a lot of money. I just don't think you're ready to give up on Hooper, but he's got to show no, something this year. Stick with Hooper as our number one. Let's move on from Toy Lolo and find a veteran that can pass block. Yeah. And run block. Yeah, for sure. And catch the ball. <laughs> Every once in a while. When they need to. Yeah. Give me yeah. like two receptions a game. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, so that's where we're at. Um, combine, draft coming up. We'll uh, follow all that and much more. Absolutely, from the Atlanta Falcons. Uh, moving on to some Braves news. Spring training is officially underway. Some people are already overhyped about Dansby Swanson in his first, I don't know if his first spring training game. I don't know. He had a home run off Max Scherzer, and everyone freaked out, saying, oh, Dansby's back. Where are the haters now? Oh, shit. Were people freaking out over that? Some people on Twitter were, and uh-huh. it was just upsetting to see. Some people on Twitter are idiots as well. That's very true. Us included. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> but um, it was at least nice to see Dansby take Scherzer deep, and if it was in a meaningless game, you know, it's better than just seeing him strike out on three pitches. I learned a long time ago to not get too into spring training. Yeah, spring training. Like, B.J. Upton, that first year, I went to spring training, and I saw him in person, and I was like, oh, shit. This guy's legit. Yeah, he was hitting like 340 in the spring training. He's yeah. kicking ass, and then he just sucks. And then his, I remember his first game, 0 for 4, four strikeouts. Yeah. Oh, man, he just, he was feeling the pressure. He'll, he'll yeah. turn it around. He's trying too hard. Three years later. Yeah. Still saying that. Um, so, I mean, I guess it was, it was nice to see, but yeah, it's nothing to get too hyped up about. Um, Ronald Acuna's looked pretty good. Um, the Braves, unfortunately, 
are saying he needs to be a little more professional and wear his hat straight. And the fact that this became a story in the press is fucking ridiculous. Mm. I don't care if Ronald Acuna shows up naked. The man inspires so much hope in the fan base. And it doesn't sound like he's being a raging asshole. No. It just sounds like he wore his hat a little cock. Who gives a fucking I, shit? I, Fernando Rodney has worn his hat cockeyed for years. He's 40 years old and still a pretty solid closer. It's, it's and, a and, different organization. It's like the Yankees and their well, clean cut. Y- you know what? When was the last time we won a goddamn playoff series? When Correct. we were. Correct. Let, me, let me tell you something. Right. No, no, no. Go on your rant. I'll go on my rant. Last time we won a fucking playoff series doing the Braves way was in 2001. Against the goddamn Houston Astros. 16 years. And you're going to talk about Braves way. What has Braves way gotten us lately? I'll not, give you that. Not a goddamn thing. I'll give you that. Also, this probably wasn't a big deal for Acuna or the Braves. This is just like one beat writer. Well, it's Mark Bowman, who's the official writer of the Braves. Did he make a big deal out of it? It was mentioned in the story. It was probably like, yeah. The, the crux of the story was Andrew Jones saying you have to have... You know, you have to be humble, but you have to be cocky at the same time. It's a, it's an awkward balance, but you have to find the balance between the two. Like, be confident, feel like you belong here, but also be humble and know that you can learn things, which I think was is, is valuable advice. And then it was mentioned in this one paragraph where it was like, the Braves want Ron Acuna to wear his hat straight and blah, 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 and be professional. It's just, it's just not a good look for the organization. And... Who gives a fucking shit about his hat? I'm more concerned about what he does on the field and what he does off the field. As long as he's not being a domestic abuser or being an asshole to the press, do whatever, I don't care. Play with your shirt untucked. Who gives a fuck? It's a little in-house thing that every organization it has. It shouldn't have been I mean, it shouldn't have been to leaked the to the press at all. And <laughs> I don't think it's that big of a deal. Like, who gives a shit? Like, let Well, you do. Remember... I give a shit that they give a shit. Like, well, who gives a shit about them giving a shit? I give a shit Why? that they give a shit. Because it's a distraction. Keep the kid focused That's... on learning the fundamentals of the game and making sure he is ready to lead us to glory. I'm just upset with the Braves having this Braves way of doing things. Loosen up a little bit. Be a professional. But wearing your hat a little cockeyed doesn't mean you're not professional. I wear my hat a little cockeyed. Well, you're definitely not a professional. I am very professional. You're wearing a Fox and Hound Special Forces Group shirt that you wore to work today with your jeans. <laughs> and you broke a stick over your leg in the parking lot outside your work. You're not a professional. <laughs> That's not the Braves way of doing things. That's not right? the Braves way of doing things. <laughs> I also don't have a dress code at work. I could show up naked, too, just like Ronald Acuna should. Then you'd go to jail. Look, <laughs> We live in a thing called society, Graham. you got to have some sort of rules. As ridiculous as you may think they are. The hat rule is ridiculous. You can't deny that it's ridiculous. I think I think it's ridiculous, but like I said, I think everyone, mainly you, is blowing it out of proportion, and it probably wasn't that serious of a deal at all. It's just like, hey, bub, straighten that hat out. That's probably all. I guarantee that was Snit's quote to Cunha, like walking down the hall. It's sitting up like this, probably. Yeah, probably. Very tilted. Yeah. It's not like it was just a little bit. Right. It's like, hey, bub. That, and that's all it was. And then bub was like, oh, my goodness. Let me add that to my story. Probably and, just get readers and, and us talking get about Fox it. Fox and Hound all excited about it over here. <laughs> I think he'll add his own <laughs> futon. 
Foxhound. I apologize. <laughs> uh, that's fair. I don't know. I just think it's kind of silly. Um, <laughs> the uh, I think we're like one in four in spring training. Gives a shit. Yeah. Uh, you got any other Braves news for us? Yeah. Um, I'm hoping this can turn into more of a conversation because that's really all I got on it. So, Anthopolis being interviewed, I think it was Chuck and Chernoff. Mm-hmm. And that, on 680 The Fan. On 680 The Fan. Um, also, 93.7 FM. Uh, 680, that's, that's on the AM dial. 680. But uh, talking about analytics a little bit more, which I know we've discussed in the past. Mm-hmm. What are uh, Anthopolis', Anthopolis thoughts on the analytics? Well, we've talked about this before, mm-hmm. but he did a good job breaking it down for how he, he said he was surprised by how little the Braves of the past had been doing. And he broke it down to where there's on-field analytics mm-hmm. and like what the front office is doing with analytics. And that's two completely different things. So I think like Copy was fine with like the um, front office analytics side of it. But so what's, what's the difference? So he described on-field as just like advanced scouting. That's like how he simplified it. Mm-hmm. So the on-field is more of like what you're doing to prepare for your p- p- opponents down the road. Is it like pool tendencies and things like that from a batter? Yeah. Is it pitch selection for a pitcher, things like that? Along those lines. So it's not like we're looking at war or, or some other advanced, you know... No, I think, I think it is more advanced. Okay. Yeah. So it's looking at that too? Yes. Okay, got it. Which, like... Snit or whoever's Snicker doesn't give a shit about that. Yeah, which is the problem. He's gonna do lefty righty, lefty righty. So in his lineup. But they're using they're looking at all that when they're acquiring players. Mm-hmm. But they weren't doing it for their opponents. Hmm. Does that make sense? So the the past regime wasn't doing that for our players. Correct. Okay. So like if if they're about to make a trade, yes, they're using all the advanced analytics stats that are out there, mm-hmm. whatever the fuck those are, but as far as the opponents they're about to be playing down the road, they're not using those same wow. stats for wow. them. Wow. Okay. And to assess their own current players on their roster. Mm-hmm. So he was just saying he was surprised by that. So he, he employed that when he was in Toronto, it sounds like, and in Los Angeles. Yes. Yeah. Well, I think that's a welcome change, and the fact that he is cognizant of that is refreshing. Yeah, I, I just—he's a very laid-back dude too. Like every every time I've heard him talk, uh, like very casual. Yeah, I, I listened to part of the same but interview. You, you can tell he obviously knows what the hell he's doing. He's a leader, knows how to take charge of an organization, mm-hmm. and um, it's just nice to see. Copy always had just that weird vibe about him. It's like, uh, yeah, something was a little off. Like I, guy, I appreciated his honesty, but yeah. under his honesty was bullshit because he was paying off all these fucking foreign well, players and got himself banned from baseball. He said that little thing in the back of my mind. It's like, ah, this guy, I don't know, something about him. It could be like a psychopath just or rubs you the wrong way. Yeah, just you something know. a little something a little weird. He's going to come in and try and murder everyone with an axe or something. Yeah, he's not you a know. guy you want to get a beer with, I don't think. Right. Yeah. yeah, Anthopolis, every time I've heard him on the radio or uh, online doing interviews, I've, I've liked him. You know, it seems like a, just a genuine individual. So, well, I'm happy to hear that because I think bringing analytics more to the forefront of the organization is something that's been missing for a while. Um, actually been missing always because Sherholtz and company didn't really give a shit about that. And I, I wish I knew a little bit more about it because I'm yeah. speaking of these vagaries that I was just 
screaming at you about. Right. But that's 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 his job. Yeah, but to it know sounds like he's, I, I'm not in the inside of a baseball organization. Yeah, but it sounds like he's taken into account these advanced analytics that exist for a reason and be able to make rational judgments based on the data he receives. So yeah. I'm all for that, man. I'm excited to see what he does. I heard I think I heard part of the same interview you did where he was saying, you know, it's gonna I'm gonna just watch this year and just see what we need to do. And next year, you know, we'll, we'll make shit happen was sort of the vibe I got. Yeah. Um, I also heard that the Braves' revenue was up like 40% this year. Yeah, I heard the same thing. Um, 47. 47%. And that's good to hear. I think it might that's be... just all because of the new stadium. Probably just because of the new stadium, but that the battery certainly contributed. So all the drinks we got over there have you, helped the Braves to a degree. Welcome. Yeah, thank you're welcome, Braves. Um, we certainly contributed hundreds of dollars this, uh, over the last offseason. Um, and just a reminder for all you users out there, April 7th, we will be in the blue lot doing a tailgate for the Georgia State spring game, pretending like we are Braves fans waiting for a Braves game. And show up in your Braves gear, have fun with us. We'll be cooking out. Bring your own booze, but we will be providing food. To some extent. To some extent. Yeah, don't expect a feast. Yeah, this is burgers and hot dogs. Yeah, and our goal is uh, lofty goal, Graham. Yeah, want to be on Channel Two Action News. Ooh, psychotic Braves fans think that they are still playing at Turner Field. Yes. So we might have to get maybe like Braves Reddit involved or something like that. Yeah, we need to make some moves over the next uh, couple weeks. Yeah, we'll we'll build something. We'll figure it out. But yeah. it's feed. Everyone loves the blue lot, man. Yeah, blue lot is classic. I, I equate the blue lot to Atlanta Braves baseball. Oh yeah, it's a, it's a, it's a, it's it's the epitome of what the experience is all about. Have you tailgated at the SunTrust? Sun no, Trust I just yet? go to the fucking battery. Yeah, Fuck it, was, that. it was so weird. I mean, I did for the home opener last year, and it was just, it's like yeah, yeah, it's fine. But where you look up and I, there's, I was like, a where are the huge oak trees? Mm-hmm. B, where's... Where are the Porty Johns? Where's the, all the Porty Johns? Yeah, they didn't have... Well, the Porty Johns were like... They were a little too clean. Yeah, you want... my you, liking. You want shit stains everywhere. Yeah, I, I didn't have a single guy come up to me and ask for my empty bottles and cans. Didn't to recycle a, to, for a couple of bucks. Yeah, I didn't have a single guy come up to me and try to fleece me out of $20 with that... Uh, the bottle top game. Yeah. Uh, Gambling Gamblin Sam was his name. I don't, like he's out of a job. Who knows now. where he is now? Yeah, now. I mean, he. I, I was just watching him one day, just like fleece frat boy after frat boy out of twenty bucks. What a legend! It was amazing. Yeah. Like he must have made fifty grand a year just from Braves games. Gambling, Sam. We salute you. <laughs> so remember, chop on, rise up, stay in brotherhood, unite and conquer, and remain true. To Atlanta. Hospitalis home. And always say no to Gamblin' Sam if he asks you if you want to play. Because he will beat you. Hospitalis